Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest this week is arguably the the hottest person in, in television, Mo Gilligan. Exploded onto the scene, well actually via the internet with his... He would make these clips that he would share on social media and they went viral. He, he shares what happened there. And then TV thought, hang on, this guy's hot stuff. So he ends up on The Big Nasty Show. I know that he's supposed to say Big Nasty, but I'm from Leeds. I can't say, I can't, I can't even say it again. On The Big Nasty Show. So it, it became a two-handed did the show. And so what happened was Channel 4, I guess, realised this guy needs his own show. So Mo Gilligan now has his, has his own show on Channel 4. So he's he's sold out a comedy tour already. I imagine if he was to put one on sale tomorrow, again, it would sell out very, very quickly. The speed at which he sold tickets for that tour was ridiculous. He, he shares all of this in a very, in a very humble, matter of fact kind of way. Very likable guys, Mo. Mo has got the X factor. Whatever the magical it is in entertainment or indeed life, Mo has got it. Very charismatic. Very likeable. His new show, as he says, he wants to be a 2019 take on TFI Friday. Or his take on TFI Friday. Um, And you can see Mo being Chris Evans' level of successful. He's got his own production company already. That The production company is making the new Channel 4 show. Anyway, what I'm getting at is, in a very roundabout way is that uh, this conversation takes a turn that I didn't expect. And so this ends up becoming a bit of a deep dive on the law of attraction. Now, obviously, last week's guest, Tara Swart, she also talks about manifesting. We it, we didn't plan it this way, but we've ended up having a lovely uh, bookend, if you like, two rather different versions of the, I mean, lots of similarities as well, but on the law of attraction. So Mo talks a lot about the law of attraction and how ultimately it's changed his life. So if the law of attraction isn't for you, and it might not be, I would recommend listening to Dr. Tara last week and Mo this week for two very different case studies as to why this thing could well 
have something in it. Again, you might be a cynic. You might be uh, Gillian Anderson in The X-Files, and that's great. But the great thing about uh, Scully is that, well, how <laughs> I mean, what? But the great thing about Scully is that she was a cynical, but yet also was fascinated. So even if this isn't for you, these two guests will be very interesting. If you are into it, into it, these two guests will be interesting for different reasons. Anyway, Mo Gilligan, a.k.a. Mo the Comedian, a guy who blew up on social media and has turned that success into tour tickets and now huge TV stardom. Before we get to Mo, we have our weekly good news section. Our good news this week comes from the world of sport. It's the England cricket team and their World Cup win and what it symbolised. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be flag-waving at best if, if the good news section was just England winning a tournament. But no, it was it was more what it symbolised. And in these politically charged times, as Donald Trump says something else upsetting and racially aggravating, um, it is important to remember the importance of diversity. And the, the wonderful thing about this England win is what it symbolised. So, you know, Owen Morgan from Ireland, Joffre Archer is uh, of Barbadian heritage, Jason Roy from South Africa, Adil Rashid Moen Ali of Pakistani descent. Uh, it, ben Stokes, you forget Ben Stokes is originally uh, a Kiwi. Um, and it's wonderful, the fact that these guys are clearly a, a, a band of brothers. Uh, I just It was just so beautiful. And there was a quote from... Uh, Ewan Morgan, he was asked if if they'd had the look of the Irish and Morgan said that uh, Adil said we had Allah on our side. I'm going to start crying. Uh, uh, whew, we had Allah on our side too. So we had that as well. It's the rub of the green. It's also reflective of our team. We're a diverse, a diverse side and we brought that together today. So if like me, you're a sports fan, you know the importance of sport and the impact that sport can have. It's more about my team beating your team, actually as a Crystal Palace fan, it's more likely that your team have just beaten my team. It's more about, it, it's, it's more than that. It's uh, what sport can do outside the, the stands and the positive impact it has on society in general. If sport isn't for you, and I, and I say this with, with love in my heart, I, I sincerely feel you are missing out. Sport, what it represents, what it symbolises, goes way beyond you know it can be it can be profound the impact that it can have and I think the England team reminded us of that and what a, what a timely win in these uh you know in, in what can feel like particularly divided and upsettingly so uh times it, it was unfortunate that the team that England beats was arguably the, the nicest team ever assembled in the form of New Zealand and Kane Williamson, one of the nicest, most humble sports people of all time. If you'd like to watch two videos that will make you smile, there's Kane Williamson being told live on air that he's just been named player of the tournament. And he sort he goes, really? As if to say the people who've decided that have got appalling taste. It's, it's so symbolic of the man. And then there's a lovely scene uh, of of um, Moeen Ali and uh, Adil uh, getting out of the way of the champagne spray 
and it uh, as a, as a as a, a non drinker myself i uh, i could i i really related to that it was beautiful really really lovely i'm going to i'll wrap this up before i burst into full on tears for the record this is the fourth attempt i've had at doing this bit cuz the i was literally like Aah! Uh, so yes, believe it or not, this is take, believe it or not, this is take four uh, of the good news section. And then next up, it's lovely Mo Gilligan, uh, and we're talking about the latest show on Channel Four. And as I say, we talk a lot about the law of attraction. Who'd have thought it? Not me. Uh, so yeah, man, I'm, I'm just off to dry my eyes as uh, as we listen to lovely uh, Mo Gilligan. Okay, yeah. But maintained balance, given the meteoric rise to fame, because I know that you know you were you worked you worked in a clothes shop, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I was at, I was at Levi's around the corner, Covent Garden. Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my that was my last my last job. Um, so I guess for myself, I'm very like um, you know, I'm very close with my family. Like we're we're a very tight knit family. My two sisters, my nephew, my mum. So and we've got there's obviously like a big extended family as well. But I'm very, very tight with my family. I've got a lot of good people, good friends around me. You know, my girlfriend's very supportive. So I've got a lot of these people who have been there from the very beginning. Sure. And they're still there now. Do you know what I mean? I do, I do. Um, so I guess for myself, when I'm not doing you know, the stand-up or any of the TV stuff, that's where I put my time and my effort to, you know, is chilling with my family and, you know, going out with my girlfriend for dinner. And, like, it's it's those things that, like, just... It's, I, want, I, want, I don't want to say normal things because I was doing those things before, but it's like, it's very easy. I guess when everything started happening, you know, you get invited, oh, come down to this event. This is a launch for this. And you think, oh, right, free drinks. Sure. Like, might yeah, yeah. get a, a free, you know, a free little goodie bag. And, you know, you go to these things and they're fun. But at the same time, I'm like, well, this isn't really what, this isn't really what I do it for. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's nice to go to these things every once in a while, but like every week to go to these things and then get your picture and, you know, you like, I just, I don't know. I, I think for me, I think really, I remember going to an event and I was so excited to get to this event. Yeah. I think, it, I can't remember what, it might have been like a film premiere or something. And I was so excited because I was like, wow, I get to take my picture. And I was so like, this is so new to us. I'm going to get one of them Getty Images pictures. You know, like it says, get your images totally. with the person that's taking <laughs> it. And I and I was so excited because I always see people put these pictures up. I was like, oh, I'm going to get some. And I remember going to this event and, and like, like no one, like, it's not like no one cared, but like, like the press were just there for the people that, that mattered. And everyone else, it was just like, it's someone. And I was just like, oh, wow, that's okay. Like, I, I think I just, I think I'd rather just not go to these events because I'm then going to it for the wrong reason. Do you know what I mean? I I, I, I was realising I was going for it because I wanted to get a picture and that's not really what I should be doing. I should just be going it for a bit of fun and which is what I do now. You know, if I get invited to some of these things, I'll go because it's a bit of fun or I get to take one of my friends and I let them enjoy it as opposed to me, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that the, the, the balance I've found is just, you know, when it's, you know, like when it's work, it's work and it's putting it all into work and when it's, it's play and fun, like I do that in, different ways with people that I'm a lot more closer with. You know? I think things like take you, you take your other half to a recording as well. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, a, yeah, that's yeah, of a, course. before we had kids, when I do warm up, I've done the, I've done the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. nice though, isn't it? Cause you, yeah, you, yeah, of course. you're keeping the two worlds, mm-hmm. you're bringing them together, I suppose, aren't you? Yeah, as well, I guess it's, it's very easy to, when you get in this position to have like, 
to have yes people around you and you don't even know it. And I always hear about these things and, you know, like I watch films and you see like, like the, the classic, man, man, you're the best, man. <laughs> yeah. man don't get to nothing, man. <laughs> like it doesn't happen to that extent. Tra- but like, Tracy Morgan plays it well in 30 Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I think for myself, it's, it's, and I'm not saying that the, the people around me are yes men as such, but there are times where I need an opinion that I, I can be like, okay, maybe I'd, you know, and I think sometimes, you know, bringing my girlfriend to these to these shows and recordings and stuff, I can get that opinion. You know, there's times where I am very uh, I'm I'm very uh, critical of myself, um, and then sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm just like, that was no, I didn't I didn't enjoy that. It wasn't fun. And then it is someone saying that was actually really good. Like, yeah, it was a bit shaky, but it was like really good. You should be proud of yourself. You know, and and it just it's just those things that just bring you back to reality. You know, and then I, I was very much like that when I first started doing the TV stuff with Big Nasty because, um, you know, initially I'm not, it's not my show. I'm the co-host, you know. And I remember seeing stuff online of like, because we're both in the promo for it when we, you know, we had this big TV thing of wearing suits and then we rip off the suits and we're like, oh, you know, this Big Nasty and Mo and da, da, da. And I remember reading comments and someone's like, oh, look at look at Mo pretending like he's all in the show and stuff. And I was sitting. I was like, "Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm writing it. Like, I'm, I am part of it." I, so it did knock it. It did knock me back in a sense of like when I'm on this show and I'm, you know, and I'm giving my opinion on stuff and asking questions and being funny. Um, you know, I would sit there and I was just like, "I don't, I don't think that was good." You know, and then it would be people like you know my girlfriend or my mum as such. My mum would sure. say like, "You should be proud of yourself." That was that was really funny. It's really good. You know. Now I don't want to without sounding like your mum saying this, mm-hmm. that person saying, saying that comment, they can't have watched the show because it's not as if, you're not exactly the Robin to Big Nasty's Batman. I mean, that it, you, you're you bringing a heck of a lot to the table. Oh, yeah, no, of course. I, I think with the show, what people forget is that the show is like, I get I get to write the show. Yeah. So a lot of the ideas, some of the sketches and, you know, features are my ideas, <laughs> you know. Like, Absolutely. Um, which, is, which is lovely and fun. Like, I've never, like... I, it takes a you know for some people to be in the industry to get to that place to write and be you know to be a writer and a presenter on the show it doesn't always happen like that so I've had something where it's just like yeah man yeah sure write on the show and and I was like oh cool so I can like and see ideas and then they be on TV and then people like them that was quite weird do you know what I mean go on so what's that like so and that was just quite surreal because like <laughs> I remember I, I guess do you know what it was when we had um when we done um. Uh, on the show, we had this idea called um, "Is Pride and Prejudice," right? But it was called "Grime and Prejudice." Rachel Paris was on. Rachel Paris was on. So um, they gave us a script, and I think we would normally write on a Monday, rehearse on a Tuesday, film on a Wednesday. So um, I read the script, and I was just like, "Okay, um, cool." But then, for someone who's grown up listening to grime music, um, I was just like, "This is good." But we need to have a balance of, you know, when we do this, we've got to play it like Pride and Prejudice. So we dress up in the hats, all that kind of stuff, and we make it a real piece. But then we add the slang from actual grime and rap UK rap songs. So there's people out there who won't know the references, but they will still find it funny because of the language we're speaking and how sure. we're dressed up. Yeah. And then there's another audience who is sitting there watching it like... Oh my gosh! They just referenced that, and they just referenced this. Um, 
and that was really cool to be sitting there and you know being like oh what you know make sure we say this line and say that line and as you know for myself I started off doing performing arts I, 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 that was my the first thing I'd done before I'd done stand up so then already I'm just like cool I'm ready to go I'm ready to act in it and then Rachel Parrish she was great we had Amelia the Moldenberg from Chicken Shop in it and it was just like it, I think the weird thing was when we recorded it like it just went really well the first take and everyone was like really silent on set because sometimes you know people laugh on set and we've got to do it again but everyone's really silent so they were like oh god they so it. so it was a bit like I was like I was like is it is this gonna be good because I, I I read the script and I helped write it and I think this was really good yeah, yeah. and then we filmed it again and we filmed it like three times and it was done and a friend of mine called Rashid he runs Link Up TV which is a huge you know platform and um he was there and there and he was like bruv this is gonna be so sick I have to share this on on the site and stuff like that and I was like oh cheers thanks a lot Wait, man. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps I'm and, um, and it was one of like you know I, I remember because what we would normally do when we do the, the records we would always show some of the sketches to the studio audience even if they weren't finished finished just kind of show them and stuff and um, I remember showing the studio audience and people were really liking it and people was like I like and I remember like some of my friends came that day and then they texted me and was like bro that sketch is really funny like and it was one of the I think out of the the whole series that's mostly the best sketch we've ever done, um, and you know because people were saying oh you got to do like do it every week and but it was one of them things it was like no like that's done like we like we can't like I was I'm more of a person where I was like it's done it was great let's try something else and try another yeah. idea and stuff let's try um, top the you know, yeah try, try and top, top it try idea, different try ideas that, yeah. and it was um, and that I think for myself to be you know, involved in that. And like, for example, I had the end line, which is, um, you know, because I get accused of something in the sketch and I'm like, oh, it's Carlos, oh, it's Carlos, which is a classic scene from um, like Lord of the Mics, which Risky Rose used to film with like Getz and Bashy. And it's like, there's like, there's so many like quotables we had in yeah. there. And it was just, yeah, it was just like, to, I think it was like one of the moments where I was like, bro, I, I really enjoying writing like and i I had never done it and you see it then on tv and people enjoy it people share it and stuff so um yeah i guess for the show as well you know it's like big nasty is a grime mc and i'm a stand-up comedian like we're not presenters he he hasn't done present before i haven't done it so when we when it came to bringing the show together it had to be the qualities of what we're both good at like the qualities of Big Nasty, like sitting there as like a presenter in suit and asking off questions and then reeling off a joke is not, that's not what you're going to get out of him. Because he doesn't want to be Stephen Colbert either, does he? You know? Yeah, that's, that's not him, you know? And at the same time, it's like, for me, I like someone's got to be the, like, the straight person as well. So that was more the role that I adapted to. So when, you know, it does go a bit mad, you know, because sometimes Nasty will say things and I'm like, all right, cool. Like, that, so tell us about your book. You know, it, it needs that. Do you know what I mean? Like You were always the, the steady hand on the tiller. Yeah, and, and it means that. And then within that, I also get to, you know, like if it's a funny joke or story, I get to be myself at the same time. Yep. And I think what it was, you know, because people would say to me, oh, look, it seems like you do all the work. And, and I was like, but it's a different type of show that you're watching. And I think no one had ever seen a show like that. So I think for when the show, you know, when the show did air, People was asking questions like, but hold on, is he show? But Mo's asking the questions, but don't. But it was the format was different in itself. Sure. You know, and it was a format where we're going to get the best out of Big Nasty and the best out of Mo. And that was the way that the show worked. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. And I never, I never sat there like, 
yeah, I am doing all the stuff. I am. You know, we'd always say it as jokes and stuff, like we'd have guests on the show. And like, the thing is the relationship that we'd have, like when we're on set, we'd always get at each other. He'd get at me, I'd get at him. But it was never personal. You know, as much as like sometimes we'd get to like people watching, like, wow, these guys don't seem to really like each other. And it's like, no, it was just, it's just like, like having like a, you know, like how like you can have like banner with your brother and everyone's just like, I, I, that's how I kind of describe it. It's like, it's like banner with your brother and it's fine and it's really funny until someone else gets involved. Then they try and like, yeah, but then you're like, you're, you're not even involved though. Sure. So, yeah. and um, I think that was the cool thing about the show. It was like, you know, there'll be times where he just get at me for no reason. And it'll be funny. Like, there's some of the things he said were so hilarious. But on the show, I, I was like, I can't show you that you've won. Because that's that's how it would be. It would be like, he'd get me, i get him. You know, he'd get me some weeks, i get him some weeks. And it just was a lot of fun. Like, I, I like there was times where I was sitting there recording. I was like, wow, we're, we're really making a TV show here. You know what I mean? And um, a TV show that people can connect to and also a TV show where if you're not... Because some people also felt like, oh, this, this, this isn't for me. This isn't my... It's not for me. I'm not their target audience. You know? I'm not the target. I, I see all the tweets about I'm not the target audience. It's not for me. <laughs> and the thing is, like, there's a lot of... There's been a lot of TV shows that, that, that aren't for me either. Do you know what I mean? Like, Country File isn't being aimed but you're at not, me. you're not going to tweet that. <laughs> you know that, what I mean, though? Like... No. But I'm not going to tweet it, and I'm not going to like put down the people that make country fun, the presenters. I'll just be like, oh, like, like, sometimes I might watch it and you know understand about sure. you know why like the certain birds are declining and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know. But you're right. But the, the, the person that feels the need to publicly say this isn't for me, yeah, dude, you can keep that to yourself. Yeah, the, the thing is, you know, like with, with TV, there's a lot of programs that are for me and aren't for me, but. Like, I think that's that's with TV. Do you know what I mean? That's always going to happen. That's always going to be, you know, people always going to voice their opinion on the shows. But I think for us, it's like, I always seem more positive. For me, I, I, it's hard to judge it by Twitter and social oh, media. For sure. Like, I I more or less judged it when I was out in the street and I'd meet the, the person I walked past and say, I oh, do, like, watch your show. I love it, man. Like, I watch it every night. And, or, you know, when I've gone to, like, I, I remember sp- I was speaking to some young people in uh, Felton, for example, just talking to them and stuff. And they was all like, bro, like, we watch your thing every Friday. Like, I love it. It's just, like, everyone watches it. You know, I mean, even Nasty telling me that as well. And it was just that thing where, you you know, you kind of make something and you feel like, right, there's a lot of, like, hearing stories of people like, yeah, Friday night, I get my Chinese and I watch the big Nasty show. And you feel like you're like wow, well, I feel like I'm I'm part of something, you know. And also, Tandy Newton. Yes, she. I'm, am I right in saying here that? Yeah. So, <laughs> showbiz acting icon yeah. got involved because her daughter was such a huge fan. Yeah, it, that's I mean, the thing. You I know, mean, this is yeah, big, yeah. Her, her daughter watched it, and then she came on the show. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like sometimes, like you. It's weird because I, I never want to be the person to be like, oh my God, I'm going to look back and this is going to be such a moment within TV. But I do feel like, you know, the show's been on like, say like two years and it is a show that I feel like, wow, like this is, this is like so fun to be part of. And I feel so like, like, oh, I don't know if lucky is the word, but like I just, I just appreciate being part of the show and all the work that everyone puts in from the runners to the directors and the producers and the camera people. Like, it's a lot of fun, you know? How beautiful is it as well, you know, in these certainly politically charged times? You know, I mean, you know yourself, you'd be at a 
a comedy night and a comedian mentions the word Brexit, and you can hear that you can actually feel the crowd being like, oh, "This again." <laughs> yeah. But you know, obviously, you know, the the, the country is, is where it's at. But when you look into the say the studio audience and certainly the people watching at home, where you've got people from every single background, every age group, what's that like? Because not many shows can lay claim to to that. I guess. Yeah, I guess you know, with the like, when whatever year, decade, or era there is. There is always some political stuff going on. Um, and we happen to be on TV at a time where, like, you know, there is, you know, you do hear more of, like, Islamophobia and all that kind of stuff. You know, you 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 hear it more, you see it more on social media and, you know, police brutality, whether it's in the States and stuff like that. Like, you, you, you hear about it more as opposed to a time on TV where it was non-existent and you didn't hear it only via the news channels. Yep. So I guess being on TV at a time like that and being on a show where, you know, sometimes I watch the show and, and and I see people who are tweeting and, you know, that when we go back to it isn't for me and I look at the people watching it and even people like tweeting us saying like, there's a guy who was like, oh, you know, like I, I really enjoyed the show, you know, as a, as a young gay guy. I really, I really liked the show. You know, I really enjoyed the show. Like I felt like the, the show was something that represented me. Do you know what I mean? I do. And I, it feels like, you know, when when you get those messages or messages are, oh, I've suffered that, like with depression and I watch your show and it, it just makes me so happy. And that's kind of what you do it for. Do you know what I mean? It's that like, you know, it's that thing where you watch TV and it's a little getaway for about an hour or you're not thinking of like these things going on in the news and stuff where you watch some TV and you're like, oh man, I can just zone out and watch this, you know? Yep. Um, and that's why I always say, like, to be a part of this show at, you know, at this current climate does feel like, yeah, I feel proud. Do you Good know man. what I mean? And I Good think a lot of my friends and family are also, like, in a position where, like, wow, it is, you know, I've got people, like, like watching it. And, you know, when you get guests on and I'm sitting there, like, I remember watching you as a kid. And I can't be a fanboy because I've got I've got stuff to do. I've got a show. To, I've got to ask questions. Sure. So I can't sit there and be like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting next to Rio Ferdinand. Do you know what I mean? I've I got know. I've got a like so real like <laughs> gotta keep it together. Like, yeah, like you know. But it's it's very fun, man. You know, I, I guess me going into a position of my own show now is yeah, it's just like I get to do that all over again. But then it's it's now my show. Yeah. You know, it's 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 my it's, it's my show. It's my ideas. It's my it's my voice. So yeah, it's it's really fun that I get to do it all over again. But it's me now. I'm in the driving seat. I'm not the passenger. So it, you were never the passenger, baby. No, do you know it, it's not that I was ever the passenger. But it's like with the show, it's 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 his name on the title. I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. And as much as I've been involved, and as other people have been involved. I think with my show, it's, you know, even like when I meet people in the street and I'm like, they're like, oh, so what's next? I'm like, oh, I've got my own show. And like, oh, you got your own show? Your own one? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, man, like, I can't wait for it. And it is that feeling. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where I sit there, I'm like, oh, thanks. I, thank you. Like, I'm, I really appreciate that. So you know? so what can we expect from the, the new show? I guess you can expect, uh, do you know with the show, right? It's, it's, it's so different from the Big Nasty show. Yep. And it has to be because you know the 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 big nasty show isn't finished and my show is just starting so it has to be different in so many different ways the the voice of the show and you know so there's there's a lot more fun uh not that they weren't fun on the other show but you know we've got like game shows and stuff and i guess for myself i always wanted to have a show where people at home can feel like they're a part of so if you're watching it you feel like i want to go to that show you know 
And it's, I guess, like, not. I know this sounds so cliche, but it is trying to bring the fun back into Friday night TV a bit. You know, at 10 o'clock. Because um, I watch tons of TV and it is, you know, when you have panel shows and it's political this, political that. Like, I want you to just watch my show and it just be a lot of fun. So you as an audience member sitting there, you know, when we have, you know, some of the guests we've got on um, and then just having fun, really. You know, I guess when I watched TV when I was younger, I watched shows like, you know, TFI Friday and it sat there and as a young kid being like, I really want to go to that one day because everyone just looks like they're having so much fun on a Friday and it's almost like the place you want to be at. And that was always a, a mantra for when I had the TV show. I was like, I want to make a show. That if you're watching on TV, you want to be there. Um, but without the, you know, t- t- tell us about the scandal. Tell us about the scandal. Because it just brings the tone down. And, you know, I want to, I just want to have a lot more fun. So this is, a, so there's almost a 10 p.m. Friday night TFI vibe to the show then? Well, that's, that, that was the blueprint that I looked at in terms of when I created a show. The first thing I said, like, if I could have a show, I want it to be like TFI Friday. Brilliant. Um, and I have taken some of those ingredients, but I've also made it myself. And also, I guess, TFI Friday came at an era where you had, like, you know, this Britpop era. You know, you had Blur and Oasis and all these huge bands. And I guess for myself, I'm at a different era of music where, you know, you've got, like, the Stormzies and the Drakes and you know, this new emergence of UK music and, you know, what grime is and what, you know, drill music and all these different kind of sounds now, you know. Um, and I guess that's what, like, when I look at the show, I sit there and I'm like, wow, like, yeah, that's, that's like the people I want on my show, you know. Um, that there is this new generation who are watching TV and that, that's the thing. A lot of people say, oh, you know, young people ain't, ain't watching TV, they're all on the internet. I'm like, no, they're not. They watch TV. They, there's a lot of people watching uh, Love Island. So, <laughs> yeah. So they are watching TV when they want to. So the misconception of young people ain't is, I think it's false. I think it's something that older people say. You know what I mean? Yeah, and if you if you get the show right, they will all be tuning yeah, in at the same... Yeah, that's The thing it. with Love Island is people love watching it at the same time to yeah. all make their voices heard at the same time. Yeah, that's that's the thing of Love Island. That's the thing. You watch it when everyone else is watching it's it. It's not the same watching it on catch-up because you're I missing wa- out. Yeah, because I watch it on catch-up and I'm like, I've kind of seen what <laughs> everyone's talking about. It's not so fun anymore. Sure. Um, and that's the thing. Is I, I take all those little ingredients of when I watch TV and how I consume it and I want to put that into my show. So whether it is, you know, giveaways and prizes and stuff, like we want people watching it at 10 o'clock. So you're in the know and you're talking about it and we are giving away things at 10 o'clock. Um, and that's... And it's not to say, you know, you can't watch it on catch up because loads of people watch stuff on catch up. But it's the show you want to be talking about when it's on. That palpable excitement at the time. Yeah. 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 And getting it trending. But yeah, I'm very like, I, I do, I pinch myself so much. And I sit there, I'm like, wow, I've got, I've got my own show. Like I've got my own TV show. Like, you know. Now what we could have done at the start, but we didn't. Yes. And I like, I like to, <laughs> no, genuinely, uh, regular listeners will know that it's always nice to just to start with the chat because it's yeah, more organic course. that way rather than, uh, question one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But to anyone listening who, who, who doesn't know, you're, um, I, I've been trying so hard to not use the word journey in recent weeks. So I'm about to break my own mm-hmm. promise here. But you're, you're, for people who don't know, your journey is remarkable in terms of you are, whether you like it or not, and this is, Said with all the love in my heart, you are an inspirational figure. You you made oh, this. Thank you, man. You made this. Happen, you made this happen yourself. But mm-hmm. you know what? Can you just say a bit about 
what happened there when you realised that you were mm-hmm. breaking through? Because there's a lot of people making videos. Yeah, there's yeah, not everyone course. going viral in the way yeah, that yeah. you did. So um, I've been doing stand-up comedy. I first done my first gig when I was 19. Um, and that was always weird because I always wanted to do comedy just when I was a teenager. So I can say, yeah, I started when I was a teenager, man. Teenager. <laughs> like, because the people... Cause, <laughs> Chris Rock was a teenager. Yeah, Bill, yeah, Bill yeah. H- Bill Hicks was yeah, a teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Chappelle, yeah, yeah. And I, it wasn't to say I started because I was 19, but that was when I had the realisation I wanted to do stand-up comedy. So, um, you know, I'd done stand-up comedy. Through that, I went to university. I studied uh, performing arts. Uh, just as I finished and I graduated, um, I kind of lost my love for doing performing arts. Um, for me, it was just like, I kind of reached the point where I guess I had studied ever since I was a kid. And then I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to keep studying, studying, studying. So what happened there then? Because if you go in something thinking that that's the yeah, because I guess then go away. For me, like when it came to performing arts, I used to enjoy the practical element of acting and you know getting a script. But even with scripts, I always found quite hard because I was dyslexic. So I would always kind of get the script, put it in my own words, yeah. and then maybe improv some bits. Which, you know, when you're doing it at university and you're studying some... It's like, no, 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 you've got to say the script how it is. And I was like, yeah, but it's a bit boring, though, isn't it? It's sure. a bit boring. And I know that's, you know, when you go into later on as an act, you've got to say it like how it is and that's, that's fine. But I guess for me, I lost my love for it, um, mainly through studying it a bit as well. Like the practical element of, um, you know, writing essays and stuff. I just I just didn't enjoy it. Um, so I kind of left. I was unemployed, started signing on. Um, and as I was signing on, I remember just like, like, cause I'd done some small gigs. And when I say small gigs, performed at like little local pubs or like a wedding. Yeah. And I remember seeing this gig and it was, it was so funny. They had this competition. It was a your mama competition. So you go there, you, you, we both cuss each other's mums. Sure. Whoever's the funniest wins. When I think of this now, like this is so disrespectful, <laughs> but I had, I had bills to pay in it. <laughs> so I was like, hey man. <laughs> And I remember it was like the prize is fifty pounds. Sure. So it was meant to be four comics compete fifty pounds. Uh, two of the other comics pulled out, so it's just me and this other guy. So oh my god, so it's, a, it, it's a penalty shootout. It's literally that. And I was sitting there, and I was like, I need, I need fifty pounds. Like I'm not Bob. Like so, I remember having these jokes and stuff, and and I was writing these jokes, and I was like, these are really good. These I'm gonna win. Yeah. And um, I remember saying to my girlfriend, I said, can you get me these huge, huge knickers? Yeah, huge, huge knickers, yeah. She was like, yeah, cool. So I had them in my back pocket. So, you know, he says one, I says another. And I was, at this point, I was winning. I'm like free one up if it's penalties. So hang on, you're three one up and you know that you have something literally and metaphorically yeah. in the back pocket. Yeah, so he comes back, he makes it three two. So okay. I'm like, okay, this is the last joke. So I said, look, I'm got to dis-. and I was young at the time. I was like 19. I was like, look, I got to stop disrespecting your mum because I was with her last night and I pulled out these huge pants and everyone just lost their mind. Good it? night. And it was like, it's so funny because it's so childish and it's so stupid. But like at the time, I won the fifty pounds. And I actually remember winning the fifty pounds. I took my friends to pizza. We went and got pizza in Piccadilly. And um, one of my friends said to me, he said to me, he goes, you know, this is this is this is the start of your comedy journey now you'll never forget this moment and um it's so weird because i remember at the time i was like yeah yeah of course man Let's see the pizza in it like what's all these deep things you're saying yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right yoda <laughs> yeah and um yeah i never forget it always stuck with me because through then i just started doing more gigs i started you know i went on facebook at the time looked at like comedy events and 
literally would try and go to any other comedy show, you know, if it's like a open mic night. Uh, through that, I've done some competitions. Um, which ones I do? Laughing Horse. Got to the final Laughing Horse. That was quite cool. So what year was that roughly? It was the year, I don't know, but I know Sophie Hagen won. She okay. won that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was awful that year. Like, I just didn't have a five or ten minutes. This is what it was. I remember getting to the final and I was really happy. But I didn't ever have a, I didn't have a, a set. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And also, when you do a competition, I went on first. So already I was like, oh, okay. I've kind of lost. <laughs> but it was just a, for me, it was a really fun achievement to get some kind of competition. And, and like psychologically to say that you got to a final. So if any, anyone listening doesn't know, Laughing Horse is one of the bigger oh, competitions, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah, it, yeah, for a new course, act? So for you to say that to yourself. Yeah, when you, the people that have won it, yeah, it's always like, wow, like they're the people that have won it or come second or third. And then um, through that, I then I think I've done another competition, which was the Muse Moose. Yeah. Done that, got to the final of that. Um, I think I was runner-up. I was runner up. I was, and it was in Edinburgh, so I was I had a chance to kind of be seen and stuff. Uh, went to Edinburgh, done a show, half an hour show of K Cud, um, the same year, and um, we only went up for we went up for two two weeks, yeah, um, and done half an hour each. It was really good, but I just found that Edinburgh just wasn't, um, it just wasn't for me. Like I always felt like it was great to gig and you gig constantly. It's like it's like a like a comedy training center or something because you could just get to gig and get to jump and have a gig and it was really fun. But I just felt like for comedy it just weren't for me. I just felt I don't think I'm gonna come here and find my audience. As much as fun to gig, if I'm spending this money here, I wanna find an audience here, you know, because it is it's very pricey. And that was at a time where I was working in I was working in retail. I think I was at I was at Reese at the time. Um, and then fast forward a few more years later, um, I was still working in retail, you know, um, worked at Apple, just floating around doing gigs again, you know. And then, um, yeah, I remember I was at Levi. So I was at Levi and I was working part time. I only was doing, at that time, I cut my shifts down because I was doing eight hours a week. So I'd only go in like twice a week. Yeah. Do four hours on like a Wednesday, four hours on a Thursday. Because something said to me, like, don't commit to more hours because, like, I just wanted to gig and perform and really, like, push myself in terms of comedy. So I was having, I was basically working and just having, making enough to literally pay a phone bill, maybe a bit of rent. And then if I get money, yeah, then the money I make, you know, I put that to rent and that's a bit more extra money. Does that make sense? But a voice inside was, was saying, like, yeah, because Spidey sense. Yeah, because I think for myself, I knew if I the, the more time I committed to, the more money I'd make in retail, working and stuff. I knew I would then be like, well, I can't leave now. I can't, you know, if I've got, you know, there's a gig here, come down and do it like one hundred fifty pounds. I'm like, well, I can't do it because I'm working in it, and I didn't want to. I, I was in that predicament when I was at Levi. I'd done way too many hours than what, what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so from uh, sorry, not Levi when I was at um, Reese. So I knew I just wanted short enough hours because I always knew like, like I'm going to do I'm, this, this, this has got to be a part-time job. And if I, I've got to treat it like a part-time job and take comedy more seriously. So do more gigs and stuff. Um, and it worked out lovely, if I'm honest. It started to really work out really well because I could do my gigs when I wanted to do my gigs. And I got a little job where I was only doing four hours a week, but like eight hours a week. But I got to, you know, just make a bit of money, you know. Um, 
And yeah, I remember what what <laughs> one of the turning points was there was two factors. I was in I was in a little bit of debt, credit card debt. Yeah. Um not much, but well I say not much is is to me it was a lot at the time. Um considering I never had any other debt, but there was I was in some credit card debt. Um, cause it was at the time where I, I got a credit card because of emergencies. So I was like, I need to get to a gig. I ain't got no money. Let's get my train tickets on this card or whatever. Um, and then it became a habit of just like, okay, yeah, I think I might just get these jeans, treat myself. But then I wasn't getting the money to pay the card off. And I didn't really know how, I knew how credit cards worked, but I remember missing the payment and they were throwing like, where's our money? And I was like, uh, yeah, like tomorrow, <laughs> like, I didn't really know the implications of all this stuff. So that was one factor. The other factor was, um, yeah, I was just, I was just like, I remember going to work and didn't have enough money. Like I just didn't have enough money. And I had to change up my pennies. I had a penny jar of like tons of pennies. I've been saving these up for like three years. And um, I said, I'm going to go Tesco early in the morning and I'm going to, you know, sprinkle my pennies into this machine and it'll give you a receipt and you go and change it up. And I'll never forget, I went all the way to the Tesco and the machine was out of order. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and I woke up extra early to do this. Sure. And, I'm, and I thought, cool, like this £15 will hold me for like two days until I get paid. So then I went to, <laughs> just down the road is Asda. So I was like, Asda's definitely got the machine. I go to Asda and that machine weren't working. And I was like, what are the chances? What are the chances that this machine is just not working? Like, it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm just having such bad luck right now. And I had all these pennies. I remember I wrapped them up in like a plastic bag and I put them in my rucksack. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, um, <laughs> it was so funny because I always think when, when we, when we use in work, like they check your bag when you leave, innit? And I thought, please don't check my bag and see oh, all God. these pennies. Because it's going to be so, like, how do I explain this? Like, you talk about something. Like? <laughs> so how I ended up getting to work was I got to work because I sneaked on the back of the bus. So it was like rush hour and everyone's like, everyone's, so I just jumped on the back. Yeah. That took me all the way to, um, uh, what's it called? Strand. Because yeah. I used to get off at Strand and then walk up to Covent Garden. And um, yeah, I got into work and... I think I, I had a card. I think I had some card and it had like, I think it's like a, you know that when you get those kind of cash debit cards, you can just get from the shop and put money on it. And it must have had about, I weren't too sure how much it ever had on it, but I knew there was about £3.50 on it. So I was like, oh, I can get a meal deal. That'll be my lunch. Oh, mate. So I was like, cool. So I've gone to get a meal deal and it got declined. It got declined. And I was like, oh my gosh, man. And I think in the meal deal, I had went over, it was like three pound something, something. And then I've gone on to like, there's like an app you can check to see how much is on the card. And I actually had like three pounds. And I was like, I just, I just can't be bothered. I'm not going back. Sure. I just had too much pride. So um, through that, I just, I, I don't know. I think for with social media, like I used to use Snapchat a lot more at the time. And I do these silly things on Snapchat. Like I'd pretend to have a radio show and have these characters um, one of them was a house DJ called DJ Van Hooter or something like that. Sure. And I'd film it like I was a real DJ. Like, yo, what's going on, guys? Into the best in house, DJ Van Hooter. And like, I just do these characters and stuff. And then um, one night, me and my girlfriend went to cinema. And I, before she was on her way, 
I was just doing a video that's like, wait, and I was doing this like different types of MCs video. Well, you know, you got like this type of MC, the MC that misses the drop. And I'd done this video and then I, you know, put all the clips together and put it on Instagram. And then I put my phone on airport mode. And then after cinema, I'd seen all these people sharing this video on Twitter, like GR and Daily was sharing it. Um, then I'm seeing people like, you know, so solid, like being like, oh, being like, oh this is so funny. And all these like, these MCs that I listened to when I was a kid, I'm like, oh my gosh, like so solid, like this video, like, and it was, it was like, wow, that was, that was really cool. And I remember going into work the next day and uh, one of the girls was like, oh, she was like, it's so weird because she, she was like, um, she was like one of the supervisors and she was always a bit frosty with me. Sure. Like, I don't think she meant it intentionally, yeah. but she always just was. And I remember walking into work and she was just like, oh my gosh, I've seen your video. No way. It's so funny. No way. And I was like, oh, okay. And everyone else in work was like, what, what video is this? What video is this? And I'm like, oh, like I do a video where I pretend to be like a bit of an MC. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, man. Sick, sick. Like show us. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to show you guys. And um, through that, I think I just done one video, done another video, done another one. And um, yeah, I managed to, I think that when I knew there was a real changing point, the day, I'll never forget this day where you know, I'd started doing these videos. And at the time, I think I I just left. I just said to myself, I'm going to leave. Um, I'm going to leave Levi. You know, some small opportunities started to arise and stuff. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to leave. And um, this was in April. Anthony Joshua just had a fight with Klitschko. And, um, so what year are we talking here, roughly, then? Just this was 2017. As recently as that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2017. Blimey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo. yeah. 2017, um, Anthony Joshua had a fight with Klitschko. Yeah. I remember, I think I had a gig that night. I think I had a small gig somewhere. It could have been top secret. I'm not too sure. And um, I remember, I think a week, no, sorry, a week before, someone's like, oh, we're going to have this uh, this evening with Anthony Joshua. We'd love you to do some comedy. You know, is one in London. So you've not become famous yet then is this off the back of these videos mainly off the back of the videos you know on the videos i was getting like my instagram numbers were going up i was on like 10 maybe ten thousand or something like that um maybe 10 20 000 or something yeah. somewhere around that number that i was like wow there's like a lot of people to watch my videos now and um yeah so a week before anthony joshua fights klitschko um uh someone messaged uh my management polly and, and there was like oh like there's this evening with anthony joshua and um like they'd love you to do some comedy so they've got one show the indigo o2 they've got another show in leicester and i was like oh cool like amazing that sounds good and it's like and they said um he's like yeah like and i was like cool cool, i'll I'll be up for doing that so you're gonna get your hotel pay for your travel i was like great and he's like yeah gonna pay you like a thousand pounds for each show and i was like what a thousand pounds to perform comedy at this evening with Anthony Joshua. And how long have you been away from Levi by now then? By now it was, I think I left in March, so it was April. Yeah, so I left, you, I left in March, it was weeks. April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm, I never forget because on that day, I remember doing like a branded ad with, I think it might be Unilad or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they were, they paid me a thousand pounds as well. To do this branded ad. To do this branded ad. It was like, we was in, we had to do like fitness in central London or yeah. something for like a phone or something like that. I can't remember what it was. I never actually ended up seeing it in the end, but I was just like, cool. And it was just a weird, like, so I'd done that. And then after that finished, 
I went to a hotel, got changed and headed to the O2 and um, performed at this evening with Anthony Joshua. A lot of boxing fans as well. Some of them kind of knew me from some of the videos. Um, and then, and it was so weird because I sat there and I was like, wow, like in the day, I've just earned £3,000. And it wasn't ever the 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 money that I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm doing it for the money. But my my situation a month ago, I had pennies in my bag. That's what it symbolises, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I had yeah. pennies in my bag, sneaking on a bus, like you know, like trying to get food gets declined, and then a month later, and then weirdly enough, in May, <laughs> um, so that had finished. So I was like, cool, amazing. Um, so like all these things that I've like gambled on like I'm going to quit my job and try and do comedy full time and I've done these shows and started getting paid really well and then um, I got asked from so BET International which is Black Entertainment Television yeah. they have a huge show in uh, in LA and it was like oh look we'd love to fly you out to come out to LA to watch the BET Awards and I was like I remember seeing the email and I was just like shaking and I had this like, like my heart's got these palpitations and I was like Nah, this is this is mad. This is mad. I remember phoning up Polly, my manager, and I said, "Listen, like, I've just got this email. I really want to do this. We have to go." Like, and it was just yeah. I remember like then, uh, like, and then in June, I was I was in LA just, and then I went to this award show. You know, people like Bruno Mars is is performing like three rows down. Like it's like Floyd Mayweather over there, Buster Rhymes over there, and um, it was just like so surreal, like. You know, I remember going to a like a kind of house party in um in LA, and like Deli Ali was just there. I was just like Deli Ali over there. <laughs> He's like, Do you want to split a cab? We go back to one. <laughs> it was just it was just so surreal, and it was just it was just those moments where like when I always always think back at that time, having the pennies and changing them up, and then how it just changed within a matter of months. Um, yeah, it was just so surreal. You know, I went to, I remember going to Wireless Festival with some of my friends. Um, we got a ticket. Um, and, and even that was funny. We got, a t- we didn't even have tickets. We, we bought, we bought tickets. But like, there's a friend of ours, like, yeah, I got some tickets out. And then we got ticket. we got there and then like realized he's like, they were like these weird, like fake tickets. Like, it, but it wasn't like a problem because he was like, no, don't worry, it's fine. I've, I've got it. And then we we still got in, but it was still like, oh, like okay, like <laughs> that was that was risky. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think the the realization of the impact of what I was doing on social media had hit at wireless because I was walking. I'm quite. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm quite oblivious, but for me, like I didn't know the the. I didn't know how much people would know who I am. You know, yeah, you do on you know on social media, but I never like see those numbers and like that means every like that 20,000 people that means 20,000 people like are going to be at wireless and they will know who I, I, I don't I just, I just sure. don't I'm quite a realist like that but um I remember I was at wireless and all these people was coming up to me oh mate like I love your videos man like can I get a picture and just queues of people and just getting swamped and a lot of my friends is having to like intervene about look like we need to go now and it was one of those moments where like that's why I would say 2017 was most probably like one of the best years of my life because it was like it was it was also cha- there was a lot, lot, lot of challenges as well but it was that year where I was like wow I quit my job and then just having these opportunities has come my way you know one after another after another and just just realizing that yeah like this is 
Like, this is not like what I want to do because I'd already been doing it. But then just, just like, I guess, yeah, for myself, it was just like, yeah, like, I really like enjoy, you know, what I'm doing, you know. And then the biggest gamble was then doing the tour. The tour was something that I was like, I'll, I've always, you know, as a comic, I'd like, love to do a tour. But then at the same time, I was like, like, I've got to be very careful what I do now because I don't want to get too excited because of, you know, like of, of what the videos on Instagram and my socials. And um, I was just very like hesitant, if, I, if I'm honest. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to do this and it, and, it, and it fails, you know. I just feel like so deflated. So um, I remember going into Live Nation, me, Polly, and I had already the places that I wanted to go to. You know, so I was like, cool, London, Manchester, Birmingham, you know, branch out, do a few other places, Cardiff, maybe like Cambridge, some places I've never been before, just smaller, you know, smaller places. And um, we'll just see what happens from there. You know, so I think we had about 10 dates. And again, I went to another festival. That was, I went to Lovebox with some friends. We all met up and the tickets had come out that morning. And I was like, okay, here we go. And I remember waking up, my heart was beating because I'm like, ticket, like, because you know, there's that pre sale on a Thursday. Um, and then I was like, okay, cool. These tickets are going to go on sale. Like, my heart was beating. And it went on sale at 10 o'clock. And I kid you not, maybe like 10.03, 10.04, I've clicked the link and there's no more tickets. So I was like, oh, there's like, maybe it's some kind of glitch. It's not working properly. And then I had a text being like, yeah, London sold out. It's done. And I was like, what? How can it be done? Like it's on sale for three minutes. It's like tickets are gone. They're just gone. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I've sold out of London, like in like three, four minutes. That's mad. Like, I just I couldn't believe that I had sold out my first, like, like, you know, I sold out my first show. And um, yeah, and then I remember I was at Lovebox and um I'm walking there on the way and some guy was like, oh, what's happening, Mo, man? Yeah, I see you got your tour. I've got to come, man. I was like, yeah, cheers. And he goes, um, yeah, I've got to get some London tickets. I was like, oh, they're, they're sold out. And he was like, what? What do you mean they're sold out? And I was like, yeah, they sold out this morning. No, you got to be kidding me, man. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh, man. You must be able to get me a ticket or something. And I was like, I... I I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like, and, um, Check the website for <laughs> yeah. more days. And it was, yeah, I, I guess from that, we, you know, we added another London date that was selling out. Um, just all these dates were just selling out. And then I remember here in Manchester, sold out. Um, like Cambridge sells out. Um, and it was people who were going from, who, from London who were driving to Cambridge. And I was like, this is mad. I didn't think people would... Like, you know, I'm I'm at the show. I remember, i never forget, I was at the tour show. And I was like, where's everyone from? And everyone's like, I'm from London, from Croydon. And I'm like, you travel all the way from Cambridge. <laughs> like, wow. and, it, and it was like, like times where, I, you know, everyone, like, I remember, I can't remember who else was telling it to me. I think it might, but someone was saying like, like, enjoy this time now on your first tour because it will never feel the same again on your, your sure. second tours and stuff like that. Um, and I, I kind of understand what they meant by that. Um, yeah, and just seeing all these dates sell out, you know, one day, another day. Um, unfortunately, we had to cancel one date through that. I think that was Hull. My granddad passed away around that time. So we had to cancel Hull. Um, but other than that, all the other dates sold out. And it was just, again, like having these cool opportunities that were happening, you know, like Adidas being like, oh, we want to get you, Michael Dapper and Stormzy 
on an open top bus around London and just just nuts like, just, like we parked up outside um, Oxford Street in H&M and there was all these kids just like oh my days there's Mo yeah like let me get a picture and you get back on the bus and it was a, there was a lot of surreal moments where I was doing a lot of things that I was like wow that was that was a cool day that was really fun but still in the back of my mind I always used to say to myself I was working in Levi six months ago trying to get shift swaps do you know what I mean like there was a lot of those moments where I'd kept picture myself like that's so mad like I, like I remember getting I remember doing I can't remember what it was but I was doing something really fun. I can't even remember what it was. But there was a moment where you thought... But, there were, but I remember doing something really fun and then I remember getting home. Oh, I think I went to an event or something. I got invited to some event. Yeah. And I got home and I seen I seen a letter from... Um, uh, I think it's... Uh, was it... Was it might have been... I think it was Levi. Like, you leave and then you get like... You know, thank you for working for us, blah, blah, blah. I was like, how mad is that? I got home and then I just get this letter. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot about those guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You probably saw the Levi-headed notepaper and thought, oh, want me to do a bloody advert. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, how how does that feel to have been one of the people who've, who've, and I don't say this lightly, you've changed the comedy industry because the, the... the consensus, the the old way of thinking was you do the circuit for, say, eight, ten years. You do Edinburgh every year. Mm-hmm. You hope that someone spots you at Edinburgh. And yeah. that's what, that, that is the yeah, merry-go-round no, that everyone was doing. And then yeah. for you to come along and and do what you've done, it's it's changed everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the, what's that like? It's weird because I, I, don't, I, I guess I'm still like, I'm still in the moment of everything. So I guess maybe in a couple of years from now, I might look back at this at, at this time because it's, it's still it's still changing it but I guess it's almost like kind of just doing things your own way a little bit really because you know I, I did try to go to Edinburgh and I tried to do it that conventional way of going to Edinburgh doing a show and or um you know like getting onto shows like like um like like the like doing the Pleasants where they've got a you know roster of comics yeah. and stuff like I've done all that stuff mm. um I didn't get to go to Edinburgh but um, I was never like I was never like bitter about it. I was just like it wasn't my time, you know. And like, and I, I'd say bitter would be the last thing you would be. <laughs> do you know what I think for myself? Like when I, you know, sometimes I, I remember going to um, a few things where I think I went to like a, I think it was just a tonic had like these uh, comedy. The, the guy who runs it, I remember going to Nottingham, and you know you do just a tonic and you can do it at Edinburgh. I remember doing performing, and you know I have an iPad and sometimes it's some music I've used in my set and stuff and it used to be really funny because I go to these sets and I'm like yeah this is my iPad if you can plug it in and you press that and this is my cue for that and I think some people some promoters used to be like who the hell is this guy man like with his cues like <laughs> he's only doing 10 minutes he's got all these cues telling me to press this and press that <laughs> like it's, it's weird because that that was the time where I knew what I wanted as a comic I was like this is how I want it this yeah. is how I want to do it um, you know, and sometimes you get promoters who be like, "Can I just put your just put your iPad on stage if you want, mate?" And I'm like, "No, nah, you're a sound man, innit? You can just play that if you could just play it for me." And um, yeah, I remember like like so many gigs, like like I you know done just for tonics, I didn't get to go to Edinburgh, Pleasants didn't get picked. Um, and I guess for my style as well, my style of comedy, like for them, they was like, "It's good, but we just don't get it." And that, well, they they never said I was I wasn't good enough. Sure, but for me, I was never bitter about it. I was just like, okay, so I'll just 
do things my own way then a little bit, you know. Um, and that's con- what I've kind of continued to do, you know, I've kind of do the tour how I want to do the tour instead of doing it in playhouses and theatres. Like, why don't we do it in music venues? Why don't we do it in O2 Academy, uh, Birmingham, for example, which we've done, you know, um, and uh, make it, you know, and make it a different type of comedy experience than what you're used to going to. So having like a DJ, for example, um, even like if a lot, K Curd is one of my mates. He he's one of the people that support me on the whole tour. Sometimes some comics, I know they have like a few comics in different places in the country, but I was like, well, no, like he's one of my mates. Like I want to get the same people on. Like it's it's a journey for me and all these other people, you know. And it was having all my friends involved. It was my friend. He's a DJ. He was a DJ for us. K Curd is one of my mates. He opened one of my mates. Um, you know, we needed a tour manager, for example. So. That was, again, one of my friends. Uh, I needed someone to sell the merchandise. Got one of my mates to do it. Sure. Um, and that was what it was. It was just like, let me just do things myself. And also, Kay's you know? a lovely boy, so you want... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice yeah, to be surrounded by nice people as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it was really good, like, and it was... It's always one of the... You won't thank me for the phrase lovely boy, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It is, it is. Yeah, it is. no, and it was just, it was great to have him on. And, you know, when, when, when we were in the process of, of, like, doing... Like, there was a few other... Like, so sometimes Kay couldn't couldn't come and there were other people that did support at some of the other gigs but I'll be honest like there were times where I was like it's not really the same about Kay though is it <laughs> you know I mean? like, like he's good but I kind yeah. of prefer Kay you know <laughs> Kay you there I miss you <laughs> ring me back um, yeah and it was it was that you know when we were on you know there like like five six guys and you know we're going to all these places you've never been to and it was a new experience for everyone you know we get into places and we got a sound check and People are hungry, and it was it was really such a a really fun time that first tour with those those people, and um yeah like I think I think for myself I've just tried to do it my own way, um and that goes into a lot of things when even like for the TV show for example like I want to do it my way I don't want to do it the way that you should do a TV show like, you don't want someone to say you know, oh well such and such did it this way because you are living proof well, yeah 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 I, I, yeah I'm, I'm gonna give my my own you know? Way to go, you know so I think that's like just being like, well, it, I know it's easy to say you, know, you want that something done, do it yourself. But I, I think that just that's just helped me a little bit more, and just taking risks a little bit as well has really helped with the with the videos down to the stand up, down to the tour. You know, like doing ten dates just off the back of some Instagram videos and selling them all out was a huge risk to take. You know, there'll be some people like you can't do that. You can't you haven't even had any previews, you know what I mean? Like so for me I was just like, well, just, just go for it in it, you know? So I I guess the the theme here is 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 to think differently. So it doesn't matter people listening to this, they'll be fa- they'll be fans of yours, people who've seen you live will be listening to this, but then the people who, who mm-hmm. won't have seen you will be listening to this will be mm-hmm. incredibly inspired by this. Um it, would that be your lesson to, to anyone just don't be afraid a back yourself and b think differently yeah like you have to back yourself and you have to be like you have to be your own biggest fan of yourself you know when even from the smallest videos i make that are a minute or to me doing the tour when i go up on that stage it's me and i put all more myself on the line for this show or for that video or for tv show and that is me backing myself and it's it it's you know it's tons of ways you can back yourself whether it's investing in yourself um, or whether it's just, you know, taking risks, you know, still, you're still backing yourself. So it, it's, is, I guess 
it's very hard because it's very easy to say these things. But I think for myself, I'm I'm someone that is, I've I've just been like, this is give it a go in it, just try it. And what's the worst that can happen with me trying it? You know, and that is the same when doing some stand up material, uh, as or just doing a video. I'm like, just try it in it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't work, then hey man, like it's the worst that can happen. You know, and I think I've taken that mantra into a lot of things I've done. You know, um, I'm massive like I'm a big believer in like the law of attraction as well. Like I kind of you know put try to put a lot of things out there that I want to do, want to achieve and stuff. And it just it's just it's just good to do whether you're a big believer in or not because then it's just it's just in the back of your mind. Do you know what I mean? I do. You know, what age were you when you got into that? Uh, Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, I guess I was most probably about maybe like three years ago, I would say, about three years ago. Was it The Secret or was there another book? Um, I read The Secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read The Secret. Um, I read The Secret and after that I just watched a lot of documentaries about it. Um, I tend to watch more documentaries than I read. Um mainly also because like when i read I, I tend to lose books so like yeah yeah like and i hate cuz then once i've read like half the book i'm like i don't know if i'm going to buy that book again you know cuz i've kind of read it so we've got an episode coming up it depends when this one goes out yes spoiler if, if this one comes out before but uh there's one with uh, dr tara swart who's written a book called the source okay she this is a scientific explanation as to why the law of attraction works. Yeah. So it's not just, um, I think she was, um, she wasn't sure that she fully believed the secret. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that she went into writing this book as, she's not a cynic, she's a very positive person, but the fact that she went into it perhaps not thinking it was a thing and then to come away with a book where she says, not only do I think this is a thing, Mm -hmm. but I've actually... I'm actually living my life. Yeah, you know, yeah she's yeah, now. Of she was single when she stopped when she before she got into this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. She's now married. Her uh, her book has been translated into 35. You know, she's like the living embodiment of yeah, 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 yeah no, of course. Thing. And then mm-hmm. and then you're mm-hmm. the you're the same. I'm guessing. That. Like I remember when I was in um, 
Do you know what the weirdest thing is? When I was doing those Giza videos, oh, it's like Barbados, it's like Barbados. I ended up going to Barbados. I remember like, because <laughs> me and my girlfriend was like, oh, like, let's, let's go somewhere on holiday. Like, I think it was like Christmas time. Yeah. I had a busy year. And then I think I just like, I just like, let's go. Like, we just booked it. So I ended up going to Barbados. And this was around the time when I got offered my own show. So this was about two years ago I got offered the show um, I got off the same show when I got off the nasty show actually weirdly enough it was like you know I walked in I was like I wouldn't Channel 4 but Channel 4 invited me to come in and I was doing like, I'd done like a small pilot with them on another project sure and he said oh we just love what you do we'd love to give you a Friday night show and I was like oh my gosh me like <laughs> and then he's like we've got this project Big Nasty as well would you, would you want to do that and I was like yeah like sure and then you know Big Nasty happened and then now we're at my show but um I remember like reading the law of attraction around that time and just writing down things you want to happen uh, for the following year. And that's kind of a mantra that I, I still do today. You know, I write things I want and like a lot of those things have come true or happened. Do you know what I mean? Whether yeah. it's, you know, and there's tons of things that I write, but there's also things where like I write and I'm like, you know, it's also, it's weird. It's It's very weird about talking about the law of attraction because it's like if you know it then you know what I'm talking about where some of my friends are like alright mate you're into all theories and stuff and I'm like it's a very like men logic way of thinking of stuff you know I thought it's worth I can relate to this more than <laughs> yeah. you, you can yeah. perhaps realise because yeah. when you said law of attraction you, you, now the listener doesn't know this uh-huh. but I was nodding along because this is a sort of thing that I, co- I cover a great deal I've, I've yeah, yeah, yeah. Read books and so forth. So I'm I'm fascinated by it so to oh, listen yeah, no, to of course, man. someone talk about it is yeah the thing is like I, I think like with the law of attraction there's some things I take from it and there's some things I'm still trying to understand from it and I think that's the cool thing about it you know like I never read it and like oh my gosh I can go take all this away and then that's it like I'm good to go yeah like there are times where I'm I do think negatively I'm not like I can't change overnight but there are some things that I take into it and I apply to my life and some things I'm still trying to understand from the law of attraction um but yeah for myself it's always things like writing down and you know, or if it's like, you know, things I want to do or see or, you know, um, I, I take pictures of it. I, I'll record it. I would, do you know what I mean? I, I, I put all those things out there, um, speaking about certain things, places I want to go to, things I want to do. Um, yeah. So it's, it's massive. Like in terms of me doing what I do, it, it helps. It's, you know, when we, if you talk, go back to balance, that's most probably one of the, major things that also balances me out a little bit as well what focus you know? refocusing on the law of attraction yeah because that i guess for myself as well as it applies balance it it applies focus it's something to sometimes focus on a little bit as well uh, this is the thing that i want to go for you know rather than so, getting yeah. sidetracked in yeah and also I, i'm sure i've mentioned it on a previous episode but uh there's the YouTube video with Jim Carrey talking about the law of attraction. Yeah, so he'd yeah, written yes. this $10 million mm-hmm. check for himself. Yeah, yeah. Weirdly enough, I, I wrote, I watched that today. Honestly? <laughs> watched that same video today. <laughs> and there's the bit where he says, I think it might be, I think it might be uh, Oprah, but it's where he says, now you've got to bear in mind, maybe it's Ellen, but you, he says to the audience, you've got to bear in mind that you can't just write down check for $10 million and then sit down and eat a sandwich. Yeah. You've got to put the work in as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of I think course. for anyone listening, yeah. um, the, the, the work has to you've yeah, got to back yeah. it up haven't you, you know? yeah I imagine people listening to us now and they're going number one golden helicopter <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah I think that's the, the the funny thing is the law of attraction I remember when I when I, when I first started reading it and I was because when you because you you can read it and then there's like a really good um, it's like a documentary 
And then, you know, the documentary is like, it's like, it's like. What's the documentary? The, not the secret documentary. Yeah, the secret oh, one. Oh, right, right. But it is, it is, the, it does have some funny moments in it where it's like, it was like, you can have whatever you want. And then there's this weird, goes, yeah. where it goes, it goes, the secret, the secret, the secret. Mate, <laughs> mate. And also, the way it's, the way, the way it's shot, as if like, as if like Jesus had protected it with, with like a torch or something. Back away because I've got the secret. Um, the, the, I mean, the, the, the production values. But it's as if, you know, you are led to believe that, you know, Michelangelo was armed with a sword and back off because I've, I've got the secret. Because um, I remember I was on the plane and I was listening to the audio book of it. And I was just there. I was trying to. I was trying to fall asleep, so I was listening to it. And then there was these times where all I could hear because they on the air. I think on the, the one I had on the audio book, it pans, so it goes from one ear to the other. Totally. It was like, this is, and I was like, what, 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 what so the hell? True. I remember taking yeah. off the headphones, like looking to people next to you. Was that whisper in my ear? <laughs> yes, God, it's so lovely to hear someone else say this. <laughs> Because they, uh, I mean, I guess you could, I mean, you know, maybe on the flip side, maybe it wouldn't be as appealing if it was just dry, but they certainly, uh, they've, they've yeah, cranked, no, no, they've no, no, up the production. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I guess secret. I can see why you, why you do, because I, I'm, I was, as soon as I watched, I was kind of hooked into it. But that was, that was mostly the funniest bit of it where there's times like, the secret, the secret, the secret. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you not find, uh, and I'll, I'll wrap up because I, I appreciate how, how, uh, how much time you've given us here. Um, do you not find that some of the more, peculiar or abstract things that you write down end up coming end up actually happening oh yeah yeah like me going to LA um I remember being on Snapchat when I went to LA for the BET Awards I actually went on Snapchat and I was having this like funny rant and I was like and I was like oh how comes everyone gets to go to LA like what's the like everyone gets to go to LA like I want to go to LA, like, and I was just, you know, I always just mess around and do little silly rants and. But you're throwing it out media. there, and it was so weird because, as I said, like I think a couple of weeks later, I ended up going to LA, and um, I'm not biting an eyelid at you going to LA, by the way. That makes total. Oh, as a, as a mo- that yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was just like you know, like it is what you you know you speak into existence, and it can happen, you know, and you have to believe it's going to happen as well. You do. You know, it's, yeah. it's all good speaking it and being like, yeah. I'd want it to happen you can't like, just you, be like oh, you have to yeah you have to believe it <laughs> yeah, exactly. do you know what i mean like you have to believe it you have to see it you have to imagine it um that's mostly one thing i do before i go to bed like i imagine like scenarios happening or things i want to happen like they've already happened um so you have to really like believe it's going to happen to you you know or what you want to happen you know and it is like attracts like you know if you're kind and you're good you'll get good things back you know if you're if you're a miserable person and you're angry and you're not kind, then it's going to get... And I've felt that. I remember there's times I've been miserable and I've been, you know... And guess what? You find things to be miserable about. Yeah, yeah. And I've attracted bad energies. So, um, and weirdly enough, I, I, I didn't really... When it came to me, like, like really learning about law of attraction, something before that, I was always like into positive energy. So if someone's got good energy about it's a good them, fit for you anyway. Though, I, I would attract yeah. to this person. Or if someone didn't have a bad energy, like when I was growing up, somebody who didn't have great energies about them and what they was about. So I'd always be a bit like, I'm not really going to hang around with these people because I don't really like the vibe or, you know, and I'd always go with my instinct on those kind of things. So weirdly enough, when I started reading Law of Attraction, I was like, right, I've kind of, I feel like I've kind of been doing this and yeah. I, did, I didn't know. So, um, yeah. 
How do, I, just last I've done the classic Columbo thing of saying last question. That's no, okay. It's all right. I'm talking for another week. <laughs> How did you get into it in the first place? So um, I know my, like my my girlfriend's very big into law of attraction, um, and she was like one of the people that like I had some like difficult times um, last couple of years, and that was most probably one of the things that just helped me get through that a little bit. You know, we have a bunch of other things, um, but yeah, for me it was like one of the things I kind of started reading. And I was like, wow, this is this is really good. Like I I really enjoy reading this. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where it started from. I remember being on a I was on a plane and I think I read like like three quarters of the book just being on a plane. Cause I was just watching, you know, you like you set up your iPad and we'll put some films on there. And I was just like, oh, I've got this little attraction book, I might just give this a go. And I was just so engrossed in it. And then that was just me reading it. And it sometimes is the book I do go to when I'm just like, oh, I kinda wanna read something really positive or just uplifting or you know, doubting myself. And that's what I do. Sometimes I doubt myself and I just open a page and I start from there and then I start reading. I'm like, oh, right. That I kind of forgot I told me. Why have I not been thinking you about know? this? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd got into it before the videos blew up then? A little bit, yeah. But I, I didn't know videos existed. I think I'm. I think until I was. I think I seen it on maybe Netflix, possibly. Sorry, I mean, yeah. uh, I mean your your own video before your. Uh, oh yes, Insta- yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was just happy just to do some fun videos. That was literally that was really what it was. There was never to get Amazing. anything out of it. It was just like I just want to do some fun videos, um, and just also try stuff I couldn't do it doing stand up, but I could do in a video. Yeah, I could edit and cut out and try characters and. I think it just led to what where we're at today. The so, accents yeah. are oh, thank you, ridiculous. <laughs> oh, cheers, man. <laughs> is, is that just is that natural? I, I guess so. I'd, I'd always like be like a person to like try and mimic accents and more. And when I say accents, I try to do more. They're more impressions as opposed to accents because some accents I can I can do okay, but like when it comes a bit more regional and stuff. I'm not great at that, but if it's a type of accent, it's sure. like, you know, middle class white guy or, you know, a road man and Please stuff. Please do middle class white guy. Oh, how's it going there, James? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> that was, what, that was yeah. almost McIntyre there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's the, uh, you know, when you're like, the, hey, how's it going? Oh my gosh, you've been watching the cricket. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. Pakistan. Pakistan beat, beat Mozambique the other day. It's amazing. <laughs> Oh man, mate! Uh, I can't thank you enough. That was, cheers, I, 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 man. You know what? I could talk to you all month. I, I no, no, no. Could. It's been a lot of fun, man. It's it's so good and refreshing to do to do uh, interviews like this. I say interviews just to talk like this. I don't, you know, a lot of times when I, I do podcasts, it might be like, so when you done the geezer video, what was going through your mind at that point? Because and it's just good to just talk a bit more in depth. I don't get the opportunity, nice especially as a comic. You know, it's always like, go on, give us a gag. Gives a gag, oh <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it is quite refreshing to just have like, just like, talk about some normal stuff. You know, it was absolutely, it was fascinating, mate. Yeah. It really was. No, I can't thank, thank you very enough. much, James. Mate. Thanks, mate. I really appreciate it. There. it. Thanks for having me on, dude. I'm sweating my hands. Yeah. Sorry, that's <laughs> no, all right. Don't worry, man. What a weird way to wrap up. <laughs> sorry, about this Mo, how was the interview? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> James's hands. Though. What the hell? <laughs> what have you been doing with them? Um, Mo, thanks a lot. Good luck. Good luck with no, the show. Thank you very much, James. Man, appreciate that. Bless buddy. you. Cheers, mate. Cheers, man. Thank you, thank you dude. Oh, that was fun, man. That was great, that was man. A lot of fun, man. I really enjoyed that. Lovely Mo Gilligan there. See what I mean? Charismatic, likable, very matter of fact, 
you know, listening to him, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. And that's part of, that's part of his charm and success. But you wouldn't know that he was about to have, if you were to listen to the way he talks about himself, you wouldn't think that he's got his own new Channel 4 show, would you? Very, very calm demeanour. I, I, I really, really like him. So likeable. Uh, so the latest show with Mo Gilligan is on Channel 4. I'll say that one more time. The latest show with Mo Gilligan is on Channel 4. Um, join us again next week. If you've not, By the way, if, you, if you've not listened before, if you're new to this, have a, have a listen back to our previous guests. Uh, my gosh, Fern Cotton, Ricky Gervais, Lee Mack, um, lots of... Oh, Kevin Smith, Patricia Arquette, and so on and so on. Uh, if you'd like to leave a review, that is a huge help. Uh, five stars, please. Thank you. Uh, iTunes and all that malarkey. Leave a review. Drop me an email. Thank you to those of you who've uh, emailed in. Very kind. Podcast at balance.media. Uh, for sales, sales at balance.media. Sales at balance.media. Huge thanks again to Mo. Also, huge thanks again to everyone at Fora, which is when we can, when we are able to record in a studio, we record them at Fora. So huge thanks to you guys for at Soho. It's a beautiful space. If you have a, a company and you're looking for office space, uh, I can heartily recommend Fora. I've personally used a couple of their spaces. They've got various. Can I sa- can I use the word space without sounding like Nathan Barley? Probably not, but I'm, I'm in this now. Um, but they've got various office spaces uh, across London. So Fora, check out their website. Brilliant. Uh, and I've been James Gill. Thank you so much. We're always super grateful. Uh, if you've enjoyed it, share. If you haven't enjoyed it, just, you know, keep that to yourself. Uh, see you again. Bye, bye, bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.